Where's it going, Rudy? I'm in the goddamn club, aren't I? of the Reddit Horror Club. As always, I am joined by my two co-hosts, Scott Ichabod Guitar, a man who is always late to the recording sessions, and Adam, the Canadian that proves that they are at least one or two assholes out of that entire area up above us. And we are joined by the man who picked Cheap Trills, Justin, <laughs> Justin, uh, also known as Saint Mort Fan. Uh, so we will eventually discuss the name choice. But uh, I want to throw out, normally I ask you why you picked this movie, but I actually have one of two theories on why you picked this movie. Uh, So I just want to pitch them real quick, because I think Justin and I listen to the same podcasts, and I'm wondering if he picked it either A, because of the Doug Loves Movies Cheap Trills thing, or if because they talked about it a bunch on Killer POV over the last couple months. Uh, well, in part, it's because of, uh, Killer POV. I don't listen to Doug uh, Loves Movies, but, uh, I do listen to Killer POV every week, so that was definitely a huge part of it. Um, also because, uh, I also listen to an air podcast called Cinepunks, uh, which is a good friend of mine, Liam O'Donnell, who's local to, like, our area, Matt, the Philly area. Okay. And, um, he's, uh, Cinepunks, obviously, movies, punks, whatever, you know, he's into music and, and, uh... And, and movies, and he's got this guy Josh who's with him, and uh, they um, they're like buddies with Pat Healy, like not super tight, but they've like you know met him a bunch of times and stuff, and so like Liam's talked about him, and and he talked about the movie from uh, seeing it at Fantastic Fest, and actually when he was describing the the Fantastic Fest showing and the ridiculous, like they were basically doing cheap thrills, the stuff from the movie in the theater at the screening, it was ridiculous. So I was really excited to see it. So yeah, that's basically the reason. So is this the first time that you saw it? Well, um, I've actually watched it twice. I chose it before I saw it, but then I watched it a second time. So, uh, so yeah. okay, so because uh, I know what I thought of the movie, which was a positive, and I know that one of us hated the movie with a fiery passion, and I don't to the know point what... of not finishing it. I believe, right? <laughs> <laughs> Refusing to watch the end, like a yeah. I think I think he already knows which one of us it is. Then I didn't refuse this. Yeah, uh, you guys, you got me. Yeah, you guys listen. got me. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Adam, did you get around to watching it? I know you were trying to. Yeah, I absolutely did. I I finished it earlier today. I got notes. I I'm ready to talk. <laughs> okay, so, um, okay, so it. Spoiler alert, Scott hated it so much that he shut it off midway through it. Um, <laughs> and, like, and the whole reason that I can defend it as belonging in Horror Club is because of the final act. Yeah. So <laughs> It has nothing to do with whether or not it's a horror film at all. It has to do with the fact that I just had no interest in finishing it. And also he had his panties in a bunch because no one was talking about House on Haunted Hill. <laughs> no, actually... 
no well, problem you know. with that. Actually, yours is more really popular not... right now than April Fool's Day. <laughs> April well, Fool's it's Day's... also Tuesday. Yeah. yeah, but April Fool's Day has turned into just people sharing gifts, which which I guess is and almost every like... thread. <laughs> yeah. um, bringing Horror Club back to its roots, or we just used to do that all <laughs> The, the the horror club threads, much like the horror club podcast, have very little to do with the movie at hand anymore. <laughs> um, it might be any part because that's definitely part of the original layout of the uh, entire horror club. <laughs> um, all right, well, let's go with. I'm trying to think. We're, we'll start with Adam since he's the one that's got it most fresh in his mind. Like, let's not get into your notes yet, obviously. But did you like it? Did you hate it? Did you just think mediocre things about it? Uh, it's, it's okay. It's really not, uh, something that I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna recommend to people. Like, uh, if you, if you explained the premise to me as, like, you know, uh, these guys get, you know, paid to do increasingly crazier bets, I'm like, wow, that sounds really great, but put into practice, it was actually kind of a, a bit of a slog to get through. Um, and, I mean... A lot of the time, the only thing that was pulling me through was David Ketchner, who was fucking awesome. Yeah, I, and, I feel like the the thing that I'm curious about with this movie, because at first, my first response to this movie was, I liked it a lot, but I'll never, ever watch it again. Um, But then the more I thought about it, the more I feel like I want to watch it at least one more time, because the the writer and the like the guy who wrote it and and you know there's a lot of comedic actors in it and they refer to it as a dark comedy mm-hmm. where i feel like maybe there's com like it doesn't feel like a comedy to me when i watch it but i feel like maybe the second time when you watch it there's there's like a lot more that you're you're seeing as humor like cuz that was how um your next was for me like the first time i watched your next i'm like all right this is a pretty decent horror movie and the second time i was like oh this is a really funny horror movie uh, so I'm curious if, if cheap cheap trills will have the same cheap trills <laughs> will have the cheap same trills. situation for me. Well, and it's interesting is that uh, I think I watched it a second time, um, kind of for similar reasons. In that I watched it a few weeks ago when I picked it because I had time, and then I was like, you know, I was doing some things while I was watching it, so I feel like I missed some stuff. It was pretty good, and then I watched it again, and I liked it more. But I will say, I don't have a desire to watch it again for a while. I'm good for you know. A couple of years, at least, probably longer. <laughs> I mean, I enjoyed it, but it, it, it's not the best movie I've ever seen in my life, or something. You know? Well, well, that's the thing. I I've gotten flack for saying that I don't like movies with unlikable characters and stuff like that. And I mean, one could argue that this is a similar type of film because it's just horrible, horrible shit happening. But they at least make you care a little bit about Pat Healy's character. They don't depict him as a monster you see him transition into like you know as the greed and as he pieces together like hey if i keep doing this crazy shit i'll be able to take care of my family and that's what turns him into like this monster but he starts off as a fairly likable schlub and i think that that's like the big difference between this or like a movie that i didn't like like the lost or or red white and blue where you know, the characters just kind of start off really unlikable from, from point A. See, I would consider this movie in the same same general concept as both of those movies because it's just there for shock value. That's what this movie's all about. But I almost feel like in a weird way, whether whether you think it's successful or not, the fact that they keep calling it a comedy as far as the the people who were, made it, 
I almost wonder if it's supposed to be more of a of a satire of the shock value horror film. Um, and that's it, why I'm it, like, I wonder. I mean, it's still shocking, so yeah, yeah. But I'd rather something be shocking and self-aware that it's being shocking than something that's pretending that it's saying something deep and important like those other two films. I um, I get what you're saying, but I don't think uh, I I maybe it's just the way that you presented it just then. But I don't necessarily think that a movie is going to be successful if it is meta and yet a dark comedy. I think that that is really difficult for a movie for for a screenwriter to get that perfect balancing act of being aware but also trying to make legitimate jokes so uh, let's not aim for that ever <laughs> anybody that's a screenwriter that may be I, discussing I, this I, movie right now i don't uh, i don't dis- i don't disagree with that assessment that that is not a thing that you should ever aim to do but I think that that's a little bit more in keeping with what they were like. I I don't feel as I don't know. Like I said, I think that that you know I, I feel bad at times that we kind of harp on the same two movies that everyone else but us seem to like. But <laughs> but like well, it's because they're so specific. Like their style is so specifically brutal. But you know what I mean? Like and, Red and this Wo- movie made us bring them up because it's like the Lost because everybody's constantly doing blow, and it's like Red, White, and Blue because everybody's a piece of shit. Yeah, <laughs> but that's the thing. Like what I was saying was that I feel like with Red, White, and Blue and the Lost, those two movies really feel like the people behind them are like, oh yeah, we're saying something fucking important with this shit. Like whereas like Cheap Trills just kind of feels like. <laughs> Like, hey, like, we're just having a good time. Like, it's shocking and it's gross, but, like, we're just having fun. Like, we wanted to make a movie. We're making it for low budget. We're, you know, it, and I don't know. There's something that I I appreciate more in this movie than I do in anything else. But then again, I'm a big fan of the writer, uh, even though I didn't know that he was the guy who wrote this until the closing credit came up. How how are you even reading the closing credits? I was fucking headbanging the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, can we talk about the ending? Because I, uh, in keeping with the theme of the last like month and a half of podcasts, uh, I was watching this with my roommate's girlfriend. <laughs> and, um... I'm your girlfriend. You're my girlfriend I quick, now. <laughs> I have a quick question, Matt. Does your roommate's girlfriend ever hang out with your roommate? Uh, yes, at night. But while, oh, okay. But while, I was just oh, so curious. you're the you're the emotional relationship. He just gets <laughs> yeah, to fuck. When the no, fucking no. needs to get done, she's gone. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm the. Uh, she's in the horror movies, and my roommate hates them. So we always just watch horror movies together when he's at work. Uh, but the uh, the conversation that was brought up by this movie, specifically the final shot, is like, all right, so like, let's put yourself in the shoes that you're you're married to someone. And money's tight, and you wake up in the middle of the night, and that person is missing a finger, is caked in blood, but there is literally thousands of dollars in your house. Do you even ask any questions, <laughs> or do you just go, "All right, I just don't want to know." Like, "All right, we got the money, we can pay the bills." I, I'm sure I'm not gonna like any of the answers to any questions I ask, so let's just move on. I have one question, and it's, is anybody going to come and take that money, or is anybody looking for that money? If the answer is no, and I believe it, then whatever, I'm just going <laughs> to keep the money. But... Like, like, I think that that's, that's, I think, one of the biggest 
uh, like the thing that actually disappoints me about Scott not seeing it to the end is I actually love that ending shot because it's just such like a awkward like like oh wow there could be a whole second movie where this ends or at least a short film. Already, didn't they already do the second movie? Wasn't it called? Um, oh, show was that movie that we watched where uh, the the British movie that uh, Shallow Grave. Yeah, isn't that like, isn't it Shallow Grave? This is like the prequel to Shallow Grave. <laughs> it could be, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I I, mean, I talked about when we were talking in uh, on Facebook, The, uh, I mean, there's a scene with a finger that that, uh, that really fucked me yeah, up. Yeah, I'm really I'm glad that I, I didn't watch up to that part. Yeah, that part actually the... made me like, <laughs> Scott, don't tell us where you shut it off, because I actually have a note. Where I guess. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you're gonna be right, <laughs> Justin. Do you have any uh, anything else to well, throw I, out there? I, one other thing about why I chose the movie um, is because uh, as shitty a human being as Ethan Embry is in this, I was hoping that your little man, man crush on him would go away. I couldn't believe it was him. Like I was watching the movie, and then I went on IMTB, and I'm like, wait, that's fucking Ethan Embry. Like I. Could not he looks wrap like my... garbage. Yeah, he has not done well. But no, that'll never change the fact that he's fucking Mark at Empire Records and the star of Can't Hardly Wait. <laughs> Mark sucks. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. He, he was almost in Guar, but he had to die. <laughs> you play me? Oh, Mark. Too bad you have to die. Do you Dude. think that if he had gotten into Guar that he might have been the replacement for, uh, for Bracky? Yeah. Maybe. Aww. No, because he didn't sing. Yeah. Oh, he was playing guitar. Yeah, but he could have sang. Replacement for uh, for um, shit. Uh, goddamn ball sack. <laughs> yeah, yes. it, yeah, that's the character. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so Empire Records was my introduction to Guar, as was probably for most people who like Guar nowadays, but. Uh, yeah, Sadamagogo is still one of my top three favorite Guar songs, and I'll definitely post it in the uh, in the discussion. <laughs> I've got tons of fucking relevant metal songs for this movie. Uh, I love you how excited. Uh, Sorry, go ahead, Matt. I was gonna say I love how excited Misfit XJ was that there was a relevant metal song for his pick. <laughs> I don't know why he was so excited. I mean, I I, I you, do you that. Kind of on... disappeared for a little bit with the uh, relevant metal stuff. Well, it's I have them, and sometimes I forget. I mean, I have one for like almost every single movie that we do, and then I'm like, oh, yeah, I should do that, and then it's like Thursday, and I'm like, ah, fuck it. Yeah, no one's going to see this but Matt. Are, are you actually a big Guar fan? Not as big as the old the bass player in my old metal band, Okay, but, uh, yeah, I love Guar. Well, because I actually, a side note about Guar, I got to interview Brocky like three months before he died, and I freaking lost the audio, and I'm I'm still upset about it. Man, that sucks. I remember you telling me about that. That fucking blows. <laughs> um, but at least you got to like interview speak him. Yeah, he him. was an awesome dude. He was an awesome dude. Have you I have heard quick... Guar's cover of "Carry On My Wayward Son"? It's incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's really good. <laughs> My, f- but I actually like with the new singer. Uh, they were on that uh, same show on AV Club, and they did get out of my dreams, get into my car. Yeah, the Pet Shop Boys. Yeah, yeah, and that is even that is not the Pet Shop Boys. <laughs> Oh, well, there is a... Sorry, sorry, never mind. That's Billy Ocean. Yeah, that's Billy... I'm like, how dare you? Sorry, there is a Guar on the AV Club Twice. doing a Pet Shop Boys No, 
No, they're doing the Billy Ocean song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but there, there is uh, one of them doing the Oh, they've show. been on there three times? I Shit. guess so. Let me see if I, I think can they've actually it. been on so four times, believe it or not. I think they've been on all four seasons. Well, because they don't give a fuck when they do the cover, and it's fantastic. It's the same reason why... Uh, we're talking about the show AV Underground on, on the AV Club, but they... Uh, <laughs> one of my other favorite ones is when Reggie Watts did Panama. Yeah, he, he didn't so sing weird. a single lyric of the song. <laughs> he just talked about what their main imports and exports boards were. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, Mac, Mac DeMarco does uh, the Weezer uh, sweater song, and he like in the interview they're like, he's like, "Why did you choose this song?" Like, I don't know. We all like we didn't really want to spend a lot of time on it, and this one seemed easy, like it'd be <laughs> able to learn it. So we had to drive two hours to get here, and on the two-hour van drive, we learned how to do it. All right, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> the, one of the worst ones I've ever heard, and I actually kind of liked the band, was a uh, Titus Andromedus did "Birdhouse for Your Soul" by <laughs> They Might Be Giants, and it's like a seven-minute-long ambient indie rock version of the song and it is just utter garbage from start to finish. Yeah, no thanks. Yeah. Such a good song. How do you ruin such a good song? Alright. So, anyway, Justin, is there anything else that you want to throw in uh, before we do the uh, the notes? Uh, assuming that Adam didn't just get disconnected as he had warned me his internet tends nope, to kick nope. in and out. Alright, you're still there? No, I mean, I guess I just, I just I thought it was fun. I thought it was a fun movie. I don't know that I think it was a great movie, but I, uh, I definitely thought uh, it was kind of self-aware, like you point out, pointed out. Like I don't think they did this. You know, I think they were very aware that they were kind of spoofing the whole idea of this gross-out, ridiculous kind of notion. But I, I really, uh, I just thought it was kind of fun, and uh, there were definitely a few parts that dragged a little bit. But yeah. All right, and these are the cheap thrills notes. Cheap, cheap thrills. thrills. Cheap thrills. <laughs> um, okay, so a lot like this is very. You guys know how the notes are. This is more than usual. Just kind of like me randomly commentating on the the movie. So it opens up with the sex scene, and I'm like, "Honey, I swear this will literally only take me twelve seconds to finish. Don't worry about it." <laughs> <laughs> also, his wife's way too fucking hot for him. Way too hot for him. Um, it looks like the villain of this movie is coincidence. <laughs> uh, honestly, it was like a little early into this movie for me to be given a shit about this guy's problems. Why? Why do I fucking care? What do I? Because you have a wife and kids. So what? I like the whole time I was watching the first half of this movie. I was like, why don't you just get another fucking job? Are you shut up and stop bitching? <laughs> like, um like two minutes into meeting Vince and I already think he's a total cock really don't like him Yeah, uh, I just have a note here that says oh yeah, still don't care about your problems We're like, <laughs> yeah he's like complaining now and I'm like I still don't care um, I'm, I'm at least the premise to this movie started up rather quickly 14 minutes in and we we're already meeting um, what's his name fucking David Ketchner so that like really pretty quick um what kind of dumbass bet is that ass and tits thing? Where they're like, see that old guy at the bar? 
we have a bet. Like if she, he checks out her ass, if she checks out his tits, like blah, blah. like how are you keeping track of that? What? What are you? What's going on? Like that's not a bet. That's not something people would do. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm liking David Ketchner in this asshole role, and I'm excited to see him go fucking crazy later in the movie. Which, to be perfectly honest with you, that, it never really happened. He he didn't really. I would have liked to see him go a little crazier, too. I agree, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, especially at the end, where he's like, oh, good good job on your pick. Here's here's a hundo. That's it. Here's that's a hundo. It. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's kind of disappointing. Like, I guess we're not supposed to... I don't know. I wanted him to be more of a presence in this movie, and he really wasn't. Um, they use pasties at this strip club. Fucking lame. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but I just—I love how that's that's worth actually writing down. <laughs> um, I watched this on YouTube with Italian subtitles, <laughs> and because of YouTube, I now know that "caso" is an Italian swear word. I don't know if it means shit or fuck because they used it for both, but it means one of the two. There. <laughs> Um, alright, so now we're 30 minutes in and actual shit is about to happen now, like, they're at the house and he's, shit's gonna start ramping up and I'm excited for that. Uh, but then the wife tells that skateboard accident story and I just do not fucking care. I don't, just, I, they had completely cut that out. Well, they're trying to give her more character, I guess, like, oh, she's a real sociopath. Guess what? I don't give a fuck. Uh, you're here to act as, like, an entity I don't care about your character, right? Um, this guy is obviously out of his fucking mind. Why would you be stupid enough to try and rob him? That is so dumb. What a dumb fucking thing to do. And I do like the part where he's like, oh, yeah, it's uh, it's on that counter over there. And he turns around, and it's just him as, like, a karate master. <laughs> he <goes> crazy. <laughs> that was pretty sweet. I liked that. Um... All right, and then he gives them the option to leave. And I'm sure if somebody did the math on this, they each probably have well over, you know, $1,500 from him already. So why didn't they just fucking leave? I mean, just leave. You should, at this point, just leave. I don't get it. Um, I don't know what precisely came after that scene, but I assumed that that was the point where Scott shut it off. Was it the part where they had the shit in the neighbor's house? Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Where, because uh, it leads to the dog thing. Because yeah. I remember I started to sit... Both me and and my roommate's girlfriend at that point were like, if they fucking kill this dog right now, I'm shutting it off. Like, we were, <laughs> we were ready. Like, that is one thing that infuriates me in a movie is if I see a dog get murdered. I'm like, nope, nope, it's done. Movie's over now. That's why well, I've yeah. never seen more than five minutes of Independence Day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, w- one, that's the most ludicrous thing I've ever heard because that's like one of the biggest movies from the 90s. I know, of course I've seen <laughs> And second of all, you you, you watched, uh, uh, what the fuck is the movie with the possessed house and Annabelle? The Conjuring. Yeah. And they killed the dog in the first fucking 10 minutes. I know, and we had, too. if you listen to that episode, we talk about how infuriating that shit is. Yeah. Um, now, I, not only have I seen all of Independence Day, but I distinctly remember being in the theater and Randy Quaid comes on the screen 
and I literally leaned over to my friend and said, isn't that the mad scientist from Freaks? <laughs> <laughs> Goddamn pot popcorn. <laughs> All right, sorry, continue your Wait, notes. wait, 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 oh. wait, 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 wait. This is a perfect opportunity. You were already laughing. Do it. Wait, which one? <laughs> Forget it. Never mind. Uh, is, is Adam right in uh, when you shut it off? I, I got to the sex scene. Okay. Oh, well, that's good. I have a note for that. I, um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I mean, at this point, I get it. They're going to make them turn on each other. Whatever. Uh, whatever. I, I um, a house that's nice with no security and the doors are unlocked in LA. Yeah, okay, sure. I believe that. Uh, he is a karate master, though. I mean, come on. Maybe he is his own security. No, he's talking about the next door neighbor's house that they oh, can easily right. walk oh, yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit. They, they can even right easily right walk in and right, drop yeah. a duker on the floor. <laughs> yeah, that was way too easy. I agree with that, yeah. Which was, I was kind of bummed because I was like. I, w- I was hoping that they would find a more creative place to take the shit as opposed to just walk in and take it right beside the door. I was hoping, that, but that's just that was a weird thing to say. Let's edit that out. Um, <laughs> the dog didn't die and everyone rejoiced. Yep. Until later on in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so now we're into the awkward ass sexual uh, scene with the wife. And I have the note here. This sex scene is making me want to shut off the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't actually finish. Well, uh, spoiler, they both finished. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, actually, all three you know of them what? finished I was th- because David Kestner was jerking off the whole time, too. <laughs> yeah, it was so awkward. I couldn't handle it. I was it just was like, really uh, Yeah. Yeah, the, I think that's that's so telling about this movie, though, is that what actually made me be like, you know what, I, uh, there's no redeeming value in this. I really don't want to. I mean, like, I watch I watch a lot of bad shit for this horror club, but I was just like, eh, I'm going to put my foot down here, was the sex scene because it's so awkward. I knew nothing was going to get better after that. But, uh, um, son of a bitch, forget it. I, I had something I was going to say. I actually think that's the I, most awkward portion of the movie. So yeah. I don't know that, like, it didn't get better. I actually think you would have been fine if you had gotten through that scene. See what my issue was. What my issue was. My issue with that scene is actually after the fact, um, because I I like that Pat Healy leaves at that point. Like he suddenly realizes what he's turned into and is like sickened by himself and leaves. And I'm like, I like that. Like that's like a really tragic. Like end the movie there. Like, I'm perfectly content with whatever. But then he just comes back, and it's, like, out of no other reason than, like, well, I realize I could pay my rent for this month, but there's gonna be another month one day. And it's, like, no, just fucking get out of there. It goes... Okay, so that scene happens in the note. I have a note that says, oh, okay, I I get it now. The reason they're so bummed out is because they need Craig, because in the end, they're gonna... Like, that's the whole point of this. They want to get one to kill the other. I get that now. And then my next note after that is, nope, nope, not ha- not fucking happening. Craig wouldn't be back. I don't give a fuck what weak-ass excuse this movie's about to give me. Would yeah. happen. He's, and he's back way too quick. Like, it's like he walked out to the front sidewalk and was like, yeah, you know what? I changed my mind. I am going to go back in there. Like, he's gone for, like, five minutes at the most. Yeah, yeah that was so... Whatever. Whatever. Um... Hey, so before we go too far from the sex scene, you know what would have kept me watching is is if they would have found some way 
for the, the, them to get paid to have sex with each other. Because that, to me, would have been re- like a really, really, like, uh, how, how hard is it going to be like, hey, have sex with my hot wife? I mean, I understand in, in a real life situation that would be an, an, a situation, like a real, it would be a real issue. But, I mean, in a movie, you're just like, eh. See, as a, I, I definitely saw it as their, like, it made sense to me in that they were doing even more to pit them against each other because, like, Ethan Embry's a single dude who'd bang her in a heartbeat, and he right, wouldn't, and then the other so that's married. why they choose yeah. him. So it's kind of like, hey, look, now let's make one of them even more jealous and the other one uncomfortable. I don't know. But it's how, kinda, you could make them both uncomfortable if you made them have sex with each other. Yeah, but, but Scott, Ethan Embry you, said you right can... in the beginning, like, he would not do that. Scott, you can so? find those movies on the internet for yeah, free. But, like, I can't <laughs> talk for <horror> club. <laughs> There's plenty of other subreddits that you can talk about. <laughs> but you're not on them. <laughs> not, not under the name you know. Anyways, uh... I'm looking for Scott's rewrite of this movie in fan fiction style. <laughs> oh, it's not going to be fan fiction. It's going to be on Pornhub. <laughs> All right, I'll be up on April 26th. <laughs> Star- yes, starring Scott, Adam, and Matt of the Reddit Heart Club. Wow. I call playing uh, the Dave. <laughs> the guy who's jacking off in the corner. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Let's be honest, so of the three of us, Danny that's Dave. the one that's most likely my role anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure that I'm coming to the con anymore, guys. I just wanted to, well, you know, I've got to come to the yeah, con. You've got to be the know. wife. Justin, you are the wife. I'm sorry. You're going to I actually, fucked. I actually have experience wearing dresses on stage. Believe it or not. So, I, you know, there's a I'm story I don't want to know more about. Adam, continue. Your <laughs> <notes>. <laughs> um. So the the pinky chopping off scene really wasn't that bad because I ate a BLT the whole time that I was watching it. No, I I had no problem with the pinky cutting scene until they want to solder the wound, and then they have just that shot of it like dangling off the hand. Was when I was like, ah, like I didn't need that that scene. Also, David Ketchner just like it. It, it felt like a, like a Tim and Eric sketch for a second yeah. because it went on for so long with David Ketchner pushing it against his hand and just going, oh, "Fuck yeah, oh, fuck yeah!" Like it, it went on for like that a like full forty-five seconds of just that, and I was like, "What the fucking weird." Um, then they get in that long discussion about which one's the bigger loser, and they're both fucking losers. So whatever, <laughs> points mute. Um, I don't, I don't know what I was trying to say with this note. Um, I'm just gonna read it as I have it have it written down. This isn't so much a horror movie as an escalating game of you know what I actually don't give a fuck. <laughs> That's my note. I don't know what it's supposed to mean. Uh, you would not try and chew that finger you would just swallow it whole why was he trying to chew it that's gross doesn't want to get a uh, doesn't want to get stuck in his belly (laughs) what it's going to his belly either way what do you mean but if it's whole it might get stuck there yeah, he, you could get an obstruction. If he swallowed it whole, if he swallowed it whole, he could poop it out and get it reattached. <laughs> yeah, that's how that works. Uh, <sighs> it's just a movie. It's just a movie. Um, <laughs> and then, 
then uh, Vince jumps on Craig, and I was just like, well, Craig's fucking dead now. After that beating, I was 100% sure that Craig was actually dead. I was like, there's no fucking way he's getting back up from that. Uh, that was a pretty brutal one. And then uh, I don't really have any notes all the way till the end of the movie, <laughs> and I just have, well, that was fucking shitty, man. Like, not... <laughs> The movie was shitty, but it's just like, oh, that that's terrible. That sucked. I really felt really, really shitty at the end of this movie. Yeah. And then the white text comes on the screen, and Bloodstains kicks in, and all of a sudden, I felt so much better about the end of the movie. <laughs> it's like, uh, for some reason, this end credit song just, like, pulled me back out of it again. And I was just like, oh, yeah, actually, you know, you know what? That's pretty sweet. That was all right. Yeah. You know, can we talk about, there? there's, I, I actually really like, you know what I feel like that ending kind of is an homage to? Um, because I just recently watched it for for the Every Damn DVD blog, is American Werewolf in London. Because American Werewolf in London has that, like, you know, like, the last shot is the love interest crying over the death of David, and then it just immediately cuts to the most upbeat version of Blue Moon you've ever heard, and it suddenly just makes everything, like, you're, like, really upset, and then suddenly you're just like, hey, Blue Moon! Like, it completely changes your mood. In, like, a millisecond. Yeah, I, I, I'd have to agree. I think I felt, like, kind of dirty. Like, it just, the movie was kind of grimy, you know, at the end. Like, with everything you went like went through. And then, like, you're right. Like, this upbeat metal song goes on. And you're like, okay, cool. But I, I think that that's so, just another way that it is kind of, like, like, it's... I, I think that that's, like, one of those elements where it's like, yeah, this is kind of a comedy. Like, it's... Mm-hmm. But it's not, like, a super effective comedy. But, like, their intent was, like... We're going to show you how ridiculously stupid these shock horror movies are, and you're going to feel like you've watched one, and then, like, I don't know, when you go back, you'll be like, oh, yeah, no, that actually was just supposed to be fucking as ridiculous as humanly possible, and we're not supposed to care about these characters at all. But, uh, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know if I ever plan on rewatching it, but I feel like I might have a slightly higher opinion the second time around, but as of now, I thought it was okay, and, uh, but I would never watch it again. Most likely. Yeah, it was a real big bummer for me. Even though I felt better after, like, uh, Bloodstains kicked in, I I was still feeling pretty bummed up. I was just, like, thinking about the whole thing. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's not as big a bummer as, like, uh, we need to talk about Kevin or Red, White, and Blue. But I'm I'm definitely looking forward to fucking watching Fright Night next week because I need something to bounce back from this shit. (laughs) Hey, guys, I have to admit something. I've never seen Friday Night. Yo, well, you are in for a treat next week because that movie is a fucking and you gotta, masterpiece. It, it's so good. I've, I've rewatched it. I've rewatched it twice for, the, for this club, for this discussion. Like, I watched it, and I was like, you know what? I love the remake so much that I want to watch the original again. I, oh, God, Friday Night is so good. Justin, you should totally watch the remake, too, so that there's okay. more people to discuss the remake as well as the original in the, the threads because like the, the the remake I would never have watched and then Matt was like yeah it's pretty all right and I watched and I was like fuck you it's not pretty all right it's awesome well no I was underselling it I've said before know, that it's one of the like, best remakes in horror history but I was like if I tell you that before you go into it then you're gonna be like yeah fuck it was but I was like no it's pretty good <laughs> no no man I, you you didn't need to undersell it like. If you if you were trying to sell me anything else besides watching that movie, I would have been like, 
based on your suggestion, be like, uh, I could take it or leave it. And I was, I had the time and I watched it and I was like, my dick is so hard right now. <laughs> it, it, I, I mean, I will say this much before and we will definitely talk about this a whole shit ton uh, next week with Plymouth, who I'm super excited to have on the show because that dude is fucking killing it with the gifts this week. <laughs> what about my gifts? I was posting gifts too. You don't credit me ever. Well, that's because all that's. <laughs> wow, that was honestly like the whitiest thing I've heard in my entire <laughs> yeah, life. Like, Yo, dude, like... and I hang out with a four-year-old and a six-year-old <laughs> regularly. So I'm just saying. For the record, he's referring to his kids, not his best friends. <laughs> like, well, you know. well, I think they're the same thing. Uh, they, nah. they kind of are. Yeah, uh, fuck that. That's gay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm be gay if they're your progeny. <laughs> Progeny's uh, a great word. Uh, uh, we should totally watch that for the horror club sometime. I've never seen it. It's probably garbage. But... Oh, so let me, can I tell you a new word that uh, that I've created <laughs> this week? Yes. Yes. So so yesterday we had our writers meeting and there's this one dude in our writers group who just writes nothing but garbage and we give him notes on how to make shit better and he ignores the notes and continues to write garbage. And of course, this person out of all of us is the most ambitious of like the entire group. So like where the rest of us will be like, "Oh, you know, this script's just not ready yet." He's like the one's like, "I don't care that's a piece of shit. I'm going to go try to get money to make it." And like, so his newest ambition is he's like, I'm going to make one of them their comedy YouTube channels. So he set himself up with a bunch of producers and we're getting ready to leave the meeting. And he's like, oh, guys, listen, my YouTube channel, we're trying to figure out a name for it. So I need to know what you think of these two names. And the names that he had were The Geeker and Rolotivity. And we were like, what the fuck does Rolotivity mean? And he's like, I don't know, I just thought it was cool sounding. <laughs> so we've started using the word Rolotivity for when someone just does something that doesn't make any sense, but they just felt like it would be cool. Like, we describe scripts and scenes as Rolotivity. <laughs> uh, so that's my new word, and you will probably hear me use it frequently on the show now. <laughs> I don't know, but Geeker kind of sounds really weird to me, too. Like It no. sounds like something, if I looked it up on Urban Dictionary, I wouldn't want to know the what it means. I told him that's that he should name job. his YouTube channel Unsubscribed, <laughs> because that's what most people are going to do. More like, more like Unfriended. <laughs> unfriended. God damn it, I can't wait until one of you picks Unfriended. I'm only going to pick it so I can talk about how it should be called Defriended for 30 minutes. <laughs> um. So unless anyone has anything, we I mean, this is like two days after we recorded the previous episode, spoiler alert. So there, I haven't seen anything in the last two days to discuss. Yeah, well, I, I, didn't, I, I didn't get to appear on the last one, so I could tell you what I watched. What did you watch? Listen, we don't have two days. <laughs> <laughs> I when I was I, five, the first movie I saw was... <laughs> I, 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 well, actually, let's see. I, I'm watching right now, um, oh, of course I'm going to forget the name. It's that uh, documentary about that town in Nebraska, uh, the Overnighters. Have you have you guys heard no. about this documentary? It won some awards and stuff. It's uh, the town in Nebraska where like people go to get jobs because there's more jobs than anywhere else in the country. No, nope. never yeah. even heard about that. Well, it's like this oil fracking thing, and people go out there and they make shit tons of money. But the problem is because the economy booms so quickly, housing is like non-existent or crazy expensive so it's a 
it's all about this like church who's trying to like have people live there and like everybody hates the church because all these criminals and stuff are living there and it's kind of kind of interesting man i don't know i'm actually watching it like i was watching it right before now and i have about a half hour to go so right. yeah so i'd recommend it to people who like movies besides horror <laughs> you know so uh you actually just reminded me i did watch one thing between sunday and today uh, there's a documentary that I had heard about that's on Netflix, so I watched it. And uh, if you want to really just fucking hate life for, for an hour and a half, but not be able to tear your eyes away, there's a doc on there called TV Junkie about uh, this anchor for Inside Edition in the 90s and how he had like this vicious crack cocaine habit. Uh, oh. But the thing that makes the movie so unique compared to all the other ones is he had this weird obsession ever since he was 14 years old to videotape everything that he did at all times. Hmm. So the entire documentary is just made up of all of his home videos, which was like over 30,000 hours of footage. And it's like Fuck. He, he like videotapes himself like beating his wife. He videotapes himself what? teaching you how to make a crack pipe. He like video like. It's insane all the shit that he videotaped, and they just com- compiled it all into this documentary about a guy just slowly losing his mind to drug addiction. And it's it's really powerful, but you're going to feel like garbage for the rest of the day. It's kind of like after watching something like Requiem for a Dream, where you're just like, all right, well, I'm done for the day. I don't, I don't need to think or do anything else because I'm just going to be sad. Um, and, of course, anytime you say those four words... Requiem for a dream. Ass to ass. Ass to ass. Ass to ass. Ass to ass. So for a movie that has so much power and it means so much, all you think about is ass to ass. Like, like, like that, honestly, that movie, like, meant so much to me in my life. Like, I feel like I learned so much. And then it's like, all you want to talk about is ass to ass. Well, you know, sometimes it's okay to go ass to ass. It, apparently, you know. Uh, oh, fuck. I feel like a super villain right now. I'm just Amazing. fucking kidding. Honest to God, it doesn't really mean that much to me. I'm, I'm all right. All right. So. Well, in two weeks. No, ho, ho, hey. Oh, oh, sorry, Adam. Go ahead. I haven't watched anything, but I've been reading a lot of comic books. Oh, that's read... right. You've been reading Animal Man? No, but I was. I'm going to start I... reading Animal Man. Well, I'll tell you what, you know what I read? I read all of uh, Marvel 1602. Any oh, that, when... that is so good. Yeah, I have a copy of it. Ah, uh, yeah, I read all of it. You're going to read... high-five so hard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's really good. I read all of it. I read all the Fantastic Four stuff. I read all of the uh, Spider-Man stuff on it, uh, and it's really, really good. It's um, For anybody that doesn't know, it's if the Marvel Universe took place in the 1600s and... Everybody's there, but they all have like old timey names, and they all have their like powers, and you get to see some of their like origin stories. But it's all taking place in like sixteen hundreds England and Scotland and the new New World, as America is called at this point. And yeah, it's really really fucking cool. And uh, I think it was written by Neil Gaiman, if I'm not wrong. All right, uh, I believe that you are correct in that. Um, have you ever read uh, um, Marvels? I don't it, think it's, I... it's uh, Alex Ross did the artwork for it. Um, it's really good. Uh, I highly recommend it. It's it's the same kind of concept, but um, 
I mean, not really the same kind of concept. It's 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 very good though. It's it's also Marvel kind of like a reimagining of um, a number of classic heroes. All right, I'll look that up uh, when we get done. Um, <clears throat> I also reread Lock and Key, which I had never got to finish before. I did finally finish it this time around, and uh, it was good. It was okay. It's hard to read. It's not a fun read at all. Um, at all, at all. It's really fucking depressing, actually. But it was good. It was. I liked the concept. I liked it. And I read, um, like, 140 issues of The Walking Dead. Hey, and Matt, before you wrap, just a Netflix announcement. You know they added a different world, so you should all watch a different world. Because it's the best show ever. So, yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, and before we, before we wrap, I mean, there is a very important announcement that Matt needs to make. Listen to the same more show on SoundCloud. Ah, yeah, damn it. Um, oh, also, Tenoshi Khan on April 25th will be hosting three panels in Westchester, Pennsylvania. If you happen to be near there, come and swing by. Uh, I do have one last thing that I watched this week that I almost completely forgot about. Uh, whether you're a wrestling fan or not a wrestling fan, Max Landis's 24-minute short film, Wrestling Isn't Wrestling, is one of the funniest things I've seen in years. Uh, it's essentially a drunk history-style retelling of the history of AAA, uh, Triple H with an all-female cast pay- playing all of the male wrestlers uh, and a dude playing China. Um, it, is, it is absolutely worth your time, and it's packed with a ton of celebrity cameos of people who you have not seen since 1996, all grown-sed up. Um, it's all grown up. He's all grown up. He's... No, Mikey's all grown's up now. Um, in two weeks, we'll be discussing the very controversial pick that is Black Mirror White Christmas. We'll get into that more on why that's controversial in two weeks. Oh, wait, um, really quick. You want to go to everydamndvd.tumblr.com. Thanks. All right. Thank uh, but in two weeks, we'll be discussing the 1985 vampire comedy film called Fright Night, and here is the trailer for that. What would you do if you accidentally discovered the house next door was occupied by something not human? Something horrifying. Something unspeakably evil. No one believes you. Mom, I didn't have a nightmare. Not your mom. They did kill a girl over there. Not your girlfriend. Charlie, is this some sort of a trick to get me back? Not even the police. Look, I know it's crazy. I know that, but look, Lieutenant! It knows that you know. You'll do anything to protect yourself. But it will do anything to protect its secret. This could be the night of your life.